Hey, good morning, everyone. Glad you're here with us at Catalyst. Um, so today we're going to be continuing our, ser- our sermon series called Being a Catalyst and what that looks like. Uh, today we're going to be hearing mo- mostly testimonies. I felt like God wanted us to just hear examples of what it looks like to be a catalyst. So you're going to be hearing different testimonies today. But bef- before we get into those, uh, I did want to kind of touch on what is a catalyst. Last week, uh, Pastor Sam shared, and he gave a kind of like what the chemical definition is. So I'm going to put some definitions up here on the screen. Uh, in the chemistry, it's a substance that causes or accelerates a chemical reaction without itself being affected. So that's, that's one type of catalyst. But it also can refer to people. So it can be a person or thing that precipitates an event or change, or it's a person whose talk, enthusiasm, or energy causes others to be more friendly, enthusiastic, or energetic. Uh, Leadership expert John Maxwell uh, says that, quote, catalysts are not consultants. They don't recommend a course of action. They take responsibility for things and make it happen. So according to John Maxwell, catalysts make things happen. And then he goes on to list nine characteristics of a catalyst. I'm going to put those on the screen. Intuitive, communicative, passionate, talented, creative, initiating, responsible, generous, and influential. That's a pretty, pretty dynamic set of characteristics, right? Um, I don't know about you, but I would say that those kind of people could precipitate change or cause, uh, cause change in others. Really, somebody valuable to have in your life or in your organization. Um, it's somebody that's really dynamic. But is that what we're talking about in this series, Being a Catalyst? Nah, I don't think, not, not necessarily. In my opinion, and this this sermon series that we're doing, a catalyst in in this context is somebody um, that ends up having two important qualities. For me, it's somebody who's in relationship with God. So he's somebody that's relationship and communication. So it has a two-way communication with the Lord. They they talk to God and God talks to them, gives them instructions. And then secondly, it's somebody who steps out in obedience to what God is saying, showing, or asking them to do. Now, God doesn't need our help to be catalysts, right? He can be a catalyst all on his own, and often he does that. He does that. But God often chooses to invite us into his story and chooses us to be catalysts to those around us. Some roles are just small. They might cause a little small reaction or a a small change in those we interact with on our daily basis. And sometimes they're bigger uh, roles that he invites us into. Um, I want to look at Ephesians, a verse in Ephesians. And, and then we're going to look at a verse in Matthew that kind of what I think describe what a catalyst is in the Bible. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I did want to point out that the two verses before this, 8 and 9, specifically say that these works we're supposed to get um, partaken, they're not for our salvation. Salvation is a gift of God. However, after we receive that gift from God and we become part of his family, he invites us to step out into things and gives us opportunities to be catalysts. We're created anew in Christ to do good works. It's part of our spiritual DNA. Now, like at the end of the verse, it says that God prepared these in advance for us. He he sets up appointments for us to step into. Um, He gives us a choice to be used in our daily lives to be catalysts. To, be good, to, to step into the good works he prepared for us and that we can walk in those. In Matthew 5, I think it gives two descriptions of what a catalyst is in the Christian life. He, Jesus uses two metaphors to destru- describe somebody who's dynamic in these verses. 
and somebody who's uh, a catalyst. So let me read those for you. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So the first one, we have salt. Salt can be a seasoning and it can also be a preservative. So we can view the world that we live in and that we interact with um, as bland and tasteless. And really, for those that don't know Christ, it's, uh, they're on their way towards uh, eternal destruction. When we choose to be used by God, we can affect the world around us. And then we bring seasoning or a sweetness to the world and make it a better place to live. And he can also use us to preserve lives. So when we share God's goodness and people then know God and accept God, then we can actually preserve them from um, eternal consequences. So those are both actions of being a catalyst. And secondly, it's a light. So a light can be a catalyst. So we can view the world that we live in as being in a state of darkness. The people in this world um, that don't know Christ are blinded by that darkness. And we as Christians bring light to the darkness when we step out in faith to be used as God's catalyst. The passage talks about a city on a hill. I really like this imagery. It's that city up on a hill that's bright and it draws people. People are just, they, they want to know what that is. And that's, that's really what God's, uh, the good news of the gospel is. It's a, it's a light that draws people to it. You can think of uh, a dark country road with a, with a lone street light that bugs get drawn to, right? It's the only thing in the area they're drawn to it because they, they want that source of light. So drawing people to God by shining his light in the darkness is being a catalyst. Now, God's calling us to be catalysts in our daily lives. Does this mean he's going to call you to be an evangelist on a street corner? Maybe. But God knows your giftings. He knows how, he, um, he knows how you're wired. He designed you, right? So he's going to call you to be a catalyst in a way that meets um, that line aligns with your design and his plan for you. The key is you have to step out in obedience. It might not always be easy or comfortable, but God will call you to be a catalyst in the way that he created you. So I'm going to have a couple, couple people come up and give some testimonies on what that looks like. So Mindy, Mindy Tengen is going to come up first, and she's going to share, <laughs> give her a hand, how God's been transforming her heart and how she's responded in obedience to be a catalyst. Hi, everybody. So I'm Mindy Tangan, and for those of you who don't know me, I have a lot of happy places, but two of them is Target and Trader Joe's. I can spend all day there. Even sometimes my husband will call me and be like, where are you? You've been gone for two and a half hours. So I just can be there all day. Um, but I don't just like it for just getting away and shopping. I feel like, like Kyle said, you don't have to, you know, go to a faraway place to be a witness to God and to have a mission field. So sometimes I feel like Trader Joe's is my mission field. So um, it was Christmas last year, and I felt like God was like, you know, when you go today, it's not just about, you know, getting your groceries for the week or finding cute little Christmas cookies that you can give to your aunties, but it's about listening to 
what I have to say and who I'm highlighting. So I was like, okay, God. So I was shopping, and as I was checking out, um, this girl was helping me. And Trader Joe's, like, the people are amazing for the most part. They're very friendly, very chatty. But I felt like this girl who was helping me, she was, like, extra intentional and extra joyful. And just there was something about her where God was like, it's her, like he was highlighting her to me. So we were just talking and it was during, you know, Black Lives Matter and she was just sharing things that were really pressing upon her heart, um, just the difficulties she's faced in her life. And this is all while she's, you know, checking out my bananas and scanning the milk. And we were having like deep conversations, which doesn't always happen. So I was just listening to her and um, we were just really connecting and she was just sharing how she works the morning shifts and sometimes she has to get there at four in the morning and and I was like, do you like coffee? And she's like, I love coffee. And I was like, I'm addicted. And so we were just sharing about our coffee bond and things like that. And then as I was leaving, I felt God tell me um, to do something extravagant for her. So the thing that I love about the Lord is sometimes I feel like when he's asking me to share with people, like anybody can be a nice person, right? Like non-Christians, Christians, even sometimes Christians aren't nice, right? Like all of us have flaws and sins, but I feel like he was saying, so when you bless her, there's two things that I want you to do. Like number one is I want you to bless her in an extravagant way. And number two, I want you to make sure that she knows it's coming from me because sometimes like we can do nice things but I feel like it really changes things when a person knows that God is the one behind the scenes he's the one who thought of her not me so I went to Starbucks and I got her a $50 gift card and then I drove back to Trader Joe's and then when I went there she wasn't there anymore and it's like oh no where did Jay go so I went to the corner stand where you know the managers are usually and I asked him like oh like do you remember where that girl Jay was and he was like yeah is everything okay I was like oh no like she was amazing like I had a great conversation with her like she's an awesome worker um, so he was telling me that she just got hired last week and that she's new so he's just making sure that you know she was following protocol and that she was being friendly and helpful um, so then when we were walking to the back um, I saw her I'm gonna start crying because I saw her and she looked at me and she was like, Mindy, like, what are you doing back here? Like, I don't know if she thought I was stalking her. Like, it was weird. But I was like, oh, like, Jay, like, I felt like God was highlighting you. And, um, you know, he's the one who wanted me to get you this gift card. Like, he's the one that thought of you. Like, he's the one that knows your struggles, knows your past, knows the things that you're going through. And, like, he just wants to love on you. So we just hugged and she was crying, and then um, I went back the next week, and I saw her again, so I went to her checkout line, and this was the most touching part, is she was like, you don't understand, like, when you gave me that gift card, and when you told me that God was looking out for me, and I, he saw me, it was my one year celebrating me being sober from drugs and alcohol, which have ruined my life, and I was just like, oh my gosh, and when I left, it was just a testament to sometimes, I don't know for you guys, but you can hear the Lord speaking to your heart, sometimes it's through your thoughts, sometimes it's just through your feelings, but it's when you take that step to obey, you don't know what is happening. Like, I had no idea that she was going through that. I had no idea it was her one-year anniversary, but God knew. So I just think it's cool when we listen, and when first, number one is, can we hear him? 
right? Like you need to be having a, a, a mind and an ear to hear his voice, and that could be in many different ways. But the next thing after listening is, are you going to take that step to obey, even if you look foolish, even if you feel dumb, even if you feel insecure about yourself? Because a lot of times it's not about you, but it's about the person that God wants to bless. you, Mindy. I love hearing that story. Actually, that's the first time I've heard it in person. I heard it from my wife, and that's how I, I heard about Mindy's story. I'm like, she needs to share that in church. Um, second, we're going to have Jen Park come up here. So Jen is newer to our church, and she's very introverted. And so for, her, for God to tell her to come up here to share, it was, it was something that he had to tell her to, for her to agree to come up here. It took a month. <laughs> it did. I gave her a lot of time, I, but I heard about what God was doing in her, and I just wanted her to share her story. I wanted you guys to get to know her a little bit, too. So you're, you're newer to our church, um, and you're, you're really getting involved. You're involved in different ministries. You've um, uh, participated in prayer ministry. You've already received that, and you've done different things. And what is it about Catalyst that's really drawing you, um, drawing you in? So I came to Catalyst last September with Brandon, and I was just getting to know the young adults hanging out on Friday and Saturday nights. And I think what drew me was throughout this time, I've, I've, uh, Catalyst has shown me more of who Jesus is and his character and the power of his name, mostly, um, especially during the prayer ministry session that I did. Um, um, I felt his embrace in a way that I've never felt before, and I feel like I could call his name anytime I feel scared or anxious. Yeah. So I, I've grown so much at Catalyst, and I want to share it with the whole world. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool because she's really experienced our family, right? And that's, that's really drawn her in, so that's really cool. But God's been doing stuff inside you, too. Like, he's been transforming you, and he's been challenging you and shaping things inside. Can can you share with uh, the people a little bit about like what God has been showing you and what he's been challenging you with? Yeah. Um, I wrote some notes because I'm not a very good public speaker. Yeah, she, she felt more comfortable <laughs> if we did the interview style, so I said, sure, no problem. We'll do interview style. Okay. Um, God has been leading me and urging me, giving me that stronger sense of urgency to, to honor him um, more in a way where he's asking me to step into places that I don't feel comfortable in. Um, for example, through the, I have a silly story. Um, it didn't feel silly to me, but it's gonna sound silly. I, through the woman's Bible study this summer, I felt con convicted and reflective of how I'm spending my time, my energy and money. So I have this game that I really like on my phone. It's, it's a Harry Potter Candy Crush game. And so far, I've downloaded it four times and deleted it four times. <laughs> Every time I spent an hour or more, emphasized or more, um, I would feel the sense of guilt in my heart, knowing that you know every minute that I spend living is not mine to spend. Mm. I felt like he was asking me to lay it down, 
um, and just talk to him, be with him, ask him for help or, um, because I would use it in a way to not feel scared at night. Mm. So um, what I did was after I set it down one night, I deleted it for the last time and I haven't downloaded it yet. (laughs) (laughs) I opened up my Bible app because I think I just needed his word to dwell in my heart at that moment. And the Bible verse was, teach me to do your will for you are my God and King. Lead me, um, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And I think that's been really grounding my spiritual relationship with, with the Lord and kind of um, opened up my faith in ways that I have uh, feel like so excited for. And I think in a way, he's asking me to honor him in, some, in really specific ways. And for example, so I recently thought of a memory that I haven't thought of in a long time. And I think I've just been thinking about my mom a lot. She's been having some health problems here and there. And, and um, I know her story. I know her heart. And I think she, he's asking me to love her more generously, mm-hmm. more lovingly, and kind of know that she deserves his love for all that she's been through. And God just wants to um, lift her up mm-hmm. and... Um, and one story reminded me of that. The story was every Christmas growing up, I spent it not with my mom. Mm-hmm. She would come home at 8 or 9 p.m. from work. She had some retail businesses, and she still does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would spend it just waiting for her to come home, eat dinner, and I just wished she would rest and be with me all day long. Mm. And I think that reminded me that he wants to love her so much for all the work that she's done in her life and she's continuing to do in her life right now. That's awesome. It's so cool to see that you're in that communication with God and he's like softening your heart, he's changing your heart, he's putting things on your heart for you personally. And then what I think is cool is that he's not just trying to shape you. He wants to use you as a catalyst. He wants you to step into certain things. And so he's placed something on your heart mm-hmm. that you want to step into. And when I heard this too, I thought, yeah, this, I want, I want our people to hear about this. So why don't you share a little bit about what God's kind of drawing you towards? Yeah. Um, so in this, in these past 10 months or so, Catalyst has become a new home for me. And it took, it took me some time because I am a little shy. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just wanted to really share this home with some friends that I have. And we had, it was supposed to be kickball, but it was a really chill park day at Liberty Park. And we just hung out, played cornhole. Matt taught us his um, cornhole method, his his little (laughs) form. And we all got better after that. (laughs) And then um, one of my friends... She actually did Ragnar with us, and she came over, and we just hung out all night. And I just really wanted to reconnect either with new people or old friends and kind of just be more intentional um, and listen to who God wants to speak to me. So I think I'm in this position where I really just want to 
bring anyone who God puts in my life to Catalyst. I know for Jen, her heart is, she, wants to, she likes to be active. She's a runner, but she doesn't like doing it by herself. So she wants to, she wants to do activities. So she wants to set up things for especially pe her peers, her young adult uh, age group, and do things. So I know you, you want to do one pretty soon. Yes. First, I want to play pickleball with Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd does pickleballs on Sunday afternoons. I listened to your podcast, Todd, with Damon, and I loved it. I think it made me tear up. I was just filled with joy. Um, and next month in August, I think last year, Mindy and Lauren hosted a cornhole tournament. And I would love to continue that. So on August 20th at 4 p.m. at Liberty Park, we're going to have a cornhole tournament. And I think so far, I know four, four, four or five people with cornhole sets. I think I'm looking for at least six. <laughs> so if you, so if you, if you have, have a set, reach out to, um, to Jen, and then she would love to have that. Feel free to talk to me after service. Yeah. So I, just, I just love that. She's trying to create community. Like she's, she, she loves our community here, and she wants to create that, and she wants to bring people from outside our church, maybe people that don't know Christ, and she wants to create that for them too. So thank, thank you, you, Jen. <laughs> So back in April, when Barry asked me to speak on this day, um, I didn't know that I was going to be one to share my testimony as well. I thought I was just going to have other people share, but the Lord put it on my heart that I'm supposed to share mine today too, so I'm going to invite you along. So back in December of 2021, God put a couple of books on my heart. He put a book about divine healing and a book about dream interpretation. So didn't know why. I had some interest. I'm like, okay, it sounds interesting. But in, as an act of obedience, I decided to buy the books and read them. Uh, fast forward into March, um, we're getting ready to have a cleansing retreat for our church. And the Lord was kind of impressing upon me that he wanted me to ask for prayer for my hearing. My hearing is, has been bad since I was a kid. It's getting worse. The ringing in my ears is pretty bad and uh, very annoying. In fact, some of you have probably interacted with me where I gave you a blank stare when you said something because I didn't hear it or I nodded when I should have shook, or I said something back to you that didn't make sense because I didn't hear you correctly. For that, I apologize. Um, but back to the story, uh, on April 2nd, we had our cleansing retreat. And at one, one of the end sessions, I decided to go up and ask for prayer. So uh, a lady prayed for my hearing, a good time of prayer. But then afterwards, she's holding my hands like this, and I look open my eyes, and she looks at me and gives me a prophetic word. She says... With these hands, the Lord is going to heal people, and when he does, your hearing is going to get restored. I kind of had this reaction. I was like, what? And I hadn't told her that I had been reading books, uh, a book about healing. I just said, wow. And I told her that I had been reading that book. She gave me a title of another book called Doing What Jesus Did, and um, yeah, it was very powerful. It felt inspiring, it felt heavy, it felt exciting, all at the same time, with a dose of fear. Um, but that, that word, I, I really felt I needed it. I needed a really proverbial kick in the pants, because God had kind of led me on this journey, but I wasn't asking him, I wasn't seeking, okay, what's next? I was just like, okay, I'll read those books. But that got me going. And then 
Also, when I sat down, I felt like the Lord wanted me to join the deliverance team. I had been reading about how physical, physical pain often is tied with spiritual issues, that there's different things going on that are causing the pain. And I felt God's heart for wanting people to be made whole spiritually and physically. So after the retreat, I did two things. First, foolishly, I'm just kidding, I told everybody about my experience. And I say that because it actually brought a lot of um, accountability. Every time I shared it with somebody, I felt like, oh, now they're, they're going to hold me accountable because they're going to ask me, are you stepping into it? But I felt like I had to keep doing that. I had to keep uh, putting, that, putting that word out there and stepping out in faith. God's funny, too, because two days later on Monday, I'm at the church office, and I'm telling Damon what happened, and then he chuckles and goes, oh, that's so funny because Jody's coming here. Jody leads our deliverance team. She's, uh, she's coming here in two hours to record her uh, podcast with me, so you can tell her then. <laughs> mm. God provided accountability, right? And no, it's, it's true, because if, if, if that wasn't the case, I may have delayed. I may have been, oh, I'll tell her later, I'll tell her later, but I stepped into it. Um, the second thing I did was I started reading that book, Doing What Jesus Did. Over the next month of month of April, I started seeing more people that needed the healing. I saw people in walking boots and different things, people with limps. And I prayed for everyone, and they got healed. End of my testimony. <laughs> yeah, right. If it was only that easy, right? Really, in reality, every time I saw somebody, I had a voice in my head say, no, you're not ready yet. I have fear come over and say, no, don't do it. One example of that, uh, at the end of April, we were at our small group, and we were there for maybe five minutes, and my son Eli gashes his shin open. So Agnes is there, she's helping us, and she's like, I think it's going to need stitches. So we're there, and Henry's there too, and Henry knows my story, so he's trying to keep me accountable. And so he <laughs> says, hey, how about we pray for Eli's foot or leg to be healed? And in my mind, like alarm bells are going off. No, 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 no. I wanna. And I just had fear and panic. And um, nobody responded, so I went like this. But it was, it was kind of disappointing that I couldn't step out to pray for my son. I did get to pray for him in the car, and actually God healed him emotionally because he was panicking. He didn't want to get stitches. He was kind of having a panic attack. And God healed him where, uh, where when we actually got to uh, urgent care and the doctor was coming in. He actually was asking for stitches instead of glue. So God totally took away his fear, and it was pretty amazing. So that was Friday, the last Friday of April, and then the things really got interesting. So I was pretty down on myself that I couldn't even pray for my son. I mean, I was kind of, I was like, what if God doesn't heal him? What are these kids, there's other kids around, what, what's, what are they going to think? And I let fear of you know, unknown, fear of failure step in. Um, but what I did is I decided that I was going to pray for Mike Namba on Sunday. So Mike's been having uh, back issues with discs for like about three quarters of a year. And so I went up to Mike. Mike's not here today, but he was sitting over there. I went up to Mike and I said, can I pray for you? So I prayed for him. When, he was, when we were done, he said, man, when you were praying, my legs were tingling, like something was going on. And in my spirit, I had a little bit of faith just register. I was like, wow, God is doing something. And then I had to confess and ask for Mike's forgiveness because the part I didn't tell you was back in February, I had a dream that God used me to heal Mike, and I didn't want to step into it. Because in the dream, I had to pray for Mike three times before he got healed, or that's the way I interpreted it. And so 
growing up with a fear of failure. I didn't want to fail twice to have to go through that to be able to succeed. And so I apologized to him and said, I wish I would have done this earlier. But he was so gracious, and he's like, no, no problem. So Monday night, we have an elders meeting, and Mike's there, and we're sharing our, our stuff. And then Mike said, yeah, that night I slept horrible. I had so much pain. In my mind, I'm thinking, great, I made it worse. <laughs> and then, um, but then Mike continues to say, like, well, today at work, I was on my feet almost the whole day. He's a dentist, and, uh, and I had such a busy day. And then he had a big smile on his face, and he said, I had the best day at work since I hurt my back. Again, my faith just started going up a little bit more. Uh, later on in the, our elders meeting, we had a time of prayer, and I was, I had just sprained my wrist pretty bad a couple of days before, so I'm going I'm to pray for my wrist. So I prayed for my wrist, nothing happened, but it was a good time of prayer, and kind of forgot about it. So Tuesday night, I'm at home, I'm on the floor, I'm getting ready to get up, and a thought popped in my head, oh, be careful, don't put too much weight on your wrist, it's going to hurt. So I started to get up, and I'm like, it's like... There's no pain there. I was like, oh, man, my wrist doesn't hurt. And then the thought popped in. Oh, yeah, I asked God to pray for my wrist yesterday. So God healed my wrist. Pain was gone. Um, so that's Tuesday night. Wednesday night, we're at our kids' baseball game. And uh, my wife and Damon had invited Cameron Hanma to, to join us. And he had just run the Ragnar Relay. It's a crazy race they do with, like, 20 people from San Diego to Huntington Beach. And he hurt his foot really bad. Like, he couldn't even finish his last um, leg. And so his, his foot was really in a lot of pain. But he came uh, to our game uh, to just cheer on our kids. And afterwards, I saw him sitting in the bleachers, and I was like, God was telling me, go pray for him. I had a little hesitation, but I didn't let it um, linger. And so I said, hey, Cam, can I pray for your leg or for your foot? And he just had the biggest smile. He's like, yes. You could tell he was just, he was done. He didn't want to have that pain anymore. So I prayed for his foot. Um, kids were coming up. Like Damon's kids were like, what are you doing, Uncle Kyle? I'm like, oh, I'm praying for his foot to be healed. And they're like, okay. And just walk away. <laughs> um, but then it was interesting because I had a, a new experience. I experienced supernatural faith. All of a sudden inside, God told me that he was healed. And I was supposed to tell him. So I was like, what? I don't know that it's done. I, how do, so I, but I didn't argue. I just was trying to step in obedience, and I told him, hey, Cam, I think your foot just got healed, and within the next couple days, it's going to be, I think I said, actually, the next two days, it's going to be healed. And I don't know where I came up with that. I think I felt I wanted to give God a little extra time, so I said two days. <laughs> but uh, Thursday morning, I get this text from him. He says, I woke up this morning, zero pain on my foot. God healed it. It's like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. It was crazy. I, I, I felt that, that supernatural faith, yet I didn't really believe it. So that's Thursday morning. Thursday night, we have a deliverance team training. It's my first one I'm going to. We're sharing prayer requests, and Agnes uh, shared about her, her right foot being healed. And I just kind of shared what had been happening that week. Okay, let's pray for Agnes's foot. So we pray, we get done. I had the same thing. I'm like, God just did something. It's, it's like taken care of. So I shared that, and then Jody goes, oh, I felt the same thing. It's done. But it might take a little bit. There's something else that, that's there. So we prayed for her. Um, Friday, I had a day of rest. Nothing happened on Friday. Uh, Saturday, after our kids' baseball game, I ended up praying for three people. Some mixed results. Some, some answered, some not. Um, 
And then on Sunday, uh, two things. I prayed for Agnes again. I felt there was some kind of something else holding back the release of that healing. And in that time, God revealed to her that there was a fear that she was carrying that, um, that she wasn't supposed to. And there actually was fear that she couldn't dance because she wanted to dance uh, for the Lord. That's what, one of her joys. And there was a burden that she was carrying that she wasn't supposed to. And so she kind of uh, renounced those, repented of those. And I think from that day on, right, your foot was, foot was better. And she had been dealing with it for months and gotten x-rays, taken medication and all that stuff. And that was healed. Um, I went to go pray for Mike again because I felt like the Lord wanted me to fulfill that dream that he gave me. So I prayed for Mike again a second time, and again, something was happening. He said his legs were tingling. Um, and then the following week, I prayed a third time, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell him, you're healed. The disc part was healed, but it was going to take some time for his muscles to kind of gain the strength again. So I prayed for, for Mike again that week. So that was from Sunday to Sunday. And I needed that, that full week of faith building because up until that point, I couldn't even pray for my own son right? And so God used that to kind of um, show me what he, ha um, what he had for me. And I can honestly say, if he would have shared with me this journey back in December, I would have said, nah, I think you got the wrong person. I don't think I'm cut out for this. But he just wanted me to take steps of obedience, one foot in front of the other. So a couple weeks after that, um, Evasia and, and Nancy grabbed me and they, after church, and they said, we got to pray for Martha. So, okay, let's pray for Martha. So we were praying for Martha, and God kind of gave me a word for her that said, I, th I think this is a distraction. So I prayed it over Martha. We, we prayed for her healing, but I said, I think this is a distraction from that the enemy is trying to keep you from what the Lord wants you to do. So I shared it, um, and she had just gotten x-rays for her ribs. She had a lot of pain, and um, I got an email from Martha later in the week. She said, that word of distraction really resonated with me. So I sat with the Lord on it, and he revealed to her that she was believing a lie that she couldn't be used by God because she had pain. And so she renounced that, and that was, like, I think, on Monday. And then she said oh, by Wednesday, her pain was all gone. So God took that away because um, she stopped believing the lie. I'll share one last uh, testimony. This one was kind of funny. So on June 14, we had another deliverance team meeting. So th these meetings are really good. Um, <laughs> and we were sharing prayer requests. And Ruth's son shares that her car is making all kinds of racket. She's really kind of distraught that she doesn't want to have to get a new car. This, just kind of stressed out that she needs to have a car for work. And so when she's sharing that, the Lord said, you need to pray for her car. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I want to show her how much I love her. And I said, okay, I can do that. So I shared it, and Ruth, Ruth told me later she was so skeptical. She's like, why are we praying for my car? We, <laughs> we pray for people, not cars, right? But we, as a group, decided to step in and pray for her car. Well, her mechanic came the next day, um, got her in the car for a test drive. It's not making any noise. There's no racket in the back. There's nothing. And he's trying to make it do something, and Ruth even says to him, he's a Christian, but she says to him, uh, well, my group prayed for my car last night. And he goes, yeah, right, <laughs> right. But God, God wanted to show Ruth how much he loved her. And the mechanic did say there was something kind of hanging down still. There was like a, a cover, but he couldn't get to it. And, but it wasn't a big deal. She could still drive it, and there's no issue with it. 
But that was really on Ruth's heart, and she was, it was bothering her. So when she was driving her car, she was nervous, like, what's going to happen with that cover? And so she drove it at least a day or something, and then she went to go check on it, and the cover is all back in place, secure. So God knew that it was bothering her, and he took care of it. It's crazy. I, I almost didn't believe it when she sent me the text. <laughs> um, you know, I could have just shared one of these testimonies or a couple of them, but I felt just like as, as I was experiencing them, my faith was going up each time. And um, I felt like God wanted me to share the full extent because he wanted your faith to be built up as well. He's using me as a catalyst to show others that he loves them and he wants to heal them. And it's funny because God's shifting my mindset where I used to believe or I used to like, say to myself, God can heal people. I firmly believe God can heal people. But now he's shifting my mindset and he's changing it to God wants to heal people. I'm finding that side of God that he wants to, he wants to heal people to show his love. And I know there's times where people don't get healed and there's doubt and there's questions and why. And I don't understand all that either. But I know that God, his, his heart is to show people that he loves them. Um, he's teaching me how to walk in power and authority and to release healing from the power of uh, Jesus' blood that's inside me. He's teaching me about obedience and to do things in his timing. I've tried to step out too fast, and I've tried to do things when I shouldn't, and they don't work right. And I've, I've also missed opportunities that I could have stepped into. So I'm learning how to kind of step inside, be in step with the Lord. But um, it's interesting that all these stories I share with you, um, most of the, the results have, sh have come to me at least a day or two or a week later. And I think part of that, he's, he's been trying to build my faith muscle. I didn't need to hear it instantly because it would have been, oh, okay, that's, that's good. I had to wrestle with doubt. Oh, did I hear right? Did I pray right? Did I use the right words? And I had to release all that stuff and just say, I don't know. He told me to pray for that person, so that's what I did. And then later I'm like, oh, wow, I, I guess I did hear right. But I've had to wrestle with all those kind of things, and I think that's been part of my journey. But I do think there's going to be instantaneous healing. I think there will be stuff on the spot. And I think there's going to be some that are going to take persistence. There's going to be some that take, no, you have to be committed, and you have to pray over this issue longer. Um, I don't know where this journey is actually going to lead. I'm not worrying about that. I'm not trying to make that my concern. I felt when the Lord asked me to, to step into this back in December that it wasn't just like a, a quick little thing. I felt it was, it's, this is something he's trying to get me to step into for a, long, a, a longer process. And I think it's one of my, one of the blessings is I'm a very um, uh, present-oriented person. I don't think about the future too much. I'm more present-oriented. So I've been able to just kind of stay in the moment. I'm not trying to think, okay, where is this going? Because I think it would honestly freak me out. <laughs> but I'm just trying to stay there. Um, but in closing, I'm going to read a, an entry I did from my journal back on uh, June 22nd. So I asked the Lord this question. I asked him, why do you have me on this journey uh, with healing? And this is what he had me uh, write down. You are on this journey to help prepare people's hearts. Seeing my healing hand and goodness breaks down barriers. shows people that I truly love them and want the best for them. What they don't understand is my timing, but that's not your responsibility. That's a hard part. 
You are to just be obedient with who I put before you and how I ask you to minister to them. You personally need your faith muscle developed to, be, to become who I created and called you to be. It won't be easy, but I won't give you more than you can handle. My desire is that you keep the innocence you are experiencing right now when you know it's not your fancy words or certain actions uh, that are healing people. It's my power coming through you because of your obedience. You're doing well. Just stay close to me and remain on course. So God told me back in May, mid-May, that I was going to give my testimony today. So I said, okay, I can do that. And then he told me, after that, I want you to have a time of ministry for people to come receive prayer for healing. And I can be stubborn and scared to take risks. Just ask my wife. But I'm learning to be more obedient. So I pushed aside questions like, what happens if uh, no one gets healed? What happens if no one comes forward to prayer? I pushed aside my feelings of inadequacy, fear, whatever else, and I just said, okay, if that's what you want. And then I did a foolish thing again. I started telling people. So I started telling people, I think the Lord wants us to, to have that. And so that gave me accountability as well to not let those thoughts come in and just say, okay, that's what God asked and that's what we're going to do. <clears throat> so I really feel like God's desire is for this ministry time to be a catalyst in your life. He wants it to be a time where he's going to interact with you in a personal way. So there's going to be prayer teams up front uh, to pray for your healing as we close. So we're going to have some different groups up here. Um, and I suspect some of you probably already know that you're supposed to come up. The Holy Spirit's already been prompting you. And so I just encourage you to take that step of faith. If you're unsure, just communicate with the Holy Spirit. Ask him what he wants you to do. Ask him if he wants you to just sit there and, and wrestle with these, these different things you've heard today or if he wants you to respond in a certain way. I do expect that God's going to do great things. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then uh, the first song is actually going to be a lyric video, so it's going to be up on the screen um, before the worship team comes up. And just use that time to just connect yourself, and if you're ready to receive prayer, you can come up during that song. Um, for those watching online, God wants to heal you too. And the awesome thing is God's not bound by live events. He can do it through a recording. I trust that the Holy Spirit's been interacting with you as you've watched this recording, and the same faith that's been building in you is the same faith that's swirling in this auditorium. So take a step of faith and see how God responds. And for those online, if you do want uh, personal prayer, you can reach out to myself or Jody. Our information's on the website, and we'd be more than happy to, uh, to set that up for you. So let's uh, just close this time in prayer. God, I just thank you for allowing me to be a catalyst. Thank you for teaching me about obedience. Thank you for building my faith muscle. And I just thank you for what you're going to do today. Each step of faith, each person that comes up to receive prayer brings joy to your heart because they're doing it out of obedience and they're doing it out of expectation to see how much you love them. Holy Spirit, I just pray your covering over the people. I pray your anointing. I release the healing blood of Jesus. 
I just pray that fear would be banished from this room. I pray your loving presence and your peace that passes all understanding would just overwhelm our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name and his authority, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It'll be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.